one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Outspoken with White and Jordan 100% engagement It's a total disrespect Download, stand well back, listen Jim White and Simon Jordan I don't see that view Outspoken with White and Jordan From the world's biggest sports radio station Talk Sport Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. Today, myself and Simon reacted to the news that Ange Postacoglu has become the new Tottenham manager and discussed why it's such a big appointment for Spurs chairman Daniel Levy. Plus, we ask if Manchester City are now the biggest football club in the world and Lee Boyer popped into the studio to chat about what might be next in his career. I told you we'd bring you uh, any news first and fastest on TalkSport. It is now official. Tottenham Hotspur have appointed Ange Postecoglou. It is a four-year deal. It is a four-year deal. Simon, give me your take on that. We suggested it might be two. It's four. That makes a lot more sense to you. Yeah, well, I certainly thought it would be um, three as a minimum. Yeah. Um, it's a commitment if Daniel has done his due diligence and made sure that every aspect of what... Because this, this is a this is a territory where Daniel needs to get this right now. If he ever needed to get a managerial appointment right, he needed to get this one right. Because you can look back across the thinking since uh, Pochettino of Mourinho, Conte and Nuno Spirito Santo and say none of them have worked. And there's only so many times you can make decisions where they're not working. And I think it creates more pressure on you just simply by the very nature of keep getting it wrong. So... I'm, so this makes it the most impo- uh, important uh, appointment I, well, for, I think, for Levy yet? Well, I think in recent times, yeah. I mean, yeah. this idea that you can't play a brand of football and you can't win anything, which are the two things that Tottenham fans want. They want a brand of football that they enjoy and they want to win something. Yeah. And Buster Cogley's a winner. Whether whether you can translate winning the Scottish Premier League into the Premier League, I think you can. Depends upon the characteristic. It's been proven before with Alex Ferguson. It's been proven before that Martin O'Neill came over here of Aston Villa and put them inside the top six. Okay, Spurs' his ambitions are slightly loftier. It's been proven for a period of time when Brendan Rodgers came over and won the FA Cup with Le- with Leicester. So there's no reason why this fella cannot come in and get Tottenham facing the right way. There's no reason. Yeah. 
He's going to join officially on the 1st of July. It's official now. Tottenham have just confirmed it. Ange Postecoglou is a new manager. It's a four-year deal. Um, Tottenham tells us that he'll join up at Tottenham on July the 1st. Levy says this. Ange brings a, a positive mentality and a fast attacking style of play. He has a strong track record of developing players and an understanding of the importance of the link from the academy, everything that's important to our club. We're excited to have Ange join us as we prepare for the season ahead. So he's got the gig. And at the end of it, Tottenham say, we shall confirm Ange's coaching staff in due course. Now, on that point, John Kennedy, of course, is assistant to Postecoglou at Celtic. If Kennedy comes, then one would expect that because normally these guys travel about um, with the same coaching staff from job to job. But if Kennedy stays in Glasgow, there is a train of thought this morning that maybe he is in line to take over at Celtic. So we'll watch that with interest as to who uh, comes down, if anybody comes down with them. But Simon, that line about the um, understanding of the importance of the link from the academy, that's a standout line, isn't it? Well, cue all the observers suggesting that Daniel Levy's not going to give him any money and that this is a... Um, what do you take from it? I don't take anything from it. I think Daniel's trying to put a statement out that's trying to be everything to everyone. Um, and these sort of things, I think, are relatively academic. I mean, they're as academic as the statement he made in 2021 when he put Conti or Nuno Espirito Santo and directly afterwards saying, we want to play a brand of football that Nuno Espirito Santo had never been famous for playing. Mm. So I don't quite understand. As a chairman of a football club, you have to say something. And by saying it, you're going to open yourself up to scrutiny and people will read between the lines and read between... Yes, of course it's important to have a understanding and value of the academy. But this team needs to be better and it needs to compete. And that's a process that needs to happen relatively quickly. So that's not going to happen by patronising your academy. That's going to happen by Daniel supporting his manager in changing the feel, the look and the personnel inside this playing squad, trading through this difficult period of players that shouldn't be there against players that need to be there. Okay, this is all obviously synchronised because as soon as Tottenham put the statement out, Celtic have done the same. Following the announcement today that Ange Postecoglou is to join Tottenham Hotspur, Celtic wishes him well for the future. The process of appointing Celtic's next football manager is already underway. While we will aim to announce this appointment to the fans as soon as possible, our priority is to appoint the best candidate to take the club Forward and certainly want to thank uh, Ange Postecoglou for everything that he's given them. And I, um, this is Michael Nicholson, the chief exec. I wish Ange and his family all the very best for the future in everything they do. So he goes with their blessing. Uh, although I wonder they would how much compensation to Tottenham had to pay. Say again. I wonder how much compensation Tottenham had to pay. Well, he was uh, reportedly on a on, on a rolling contract, right? Um, so one would think next oh, to yeah. nothing, if mm. anything, um, Postecoglou himself is thanking everybody at Celtic in particular Dermot Dermot Desmond uh, majority shareholder Peter Peter Lau chairman Michael Michael Nicholson and the Celtic board have shown me tremendous support in every aspect of my time at Celtic I will forever be grateful for this well that's right so these are nice words from Ange but they are because Ange Postacoglu is going on to bigger and better things he's going on to probably financial security as a result of managing Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League you'll be into several millions of pounds a year salary I suspect so of course he's leaving Celtic on the back of having won everything he needed to win there and more and so of course there's no reason and the only people that should be slightly disappointed are Celtic there's a telling quote from Postacoglu in there in the Celtic statement Postacoglu says they Celtic wanted me to extend my time at the club and while I'm so respectful and understanding of their position a new opportunity has been presented to me and is one which I wanted to explore 
Yep. So in other words, sorry, I love Celtic, but this is too good to pass up. And I'm heading to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So it's done. It is done. It's now official. It begs the question, Tottenham fans, that's it. It's signed and sealed and Postacoglu is on his way and you'll see him for the first time on July the 1st. Celtic fans, the question is who now? Celtic are saying it's all in motion. The wheels are in motion. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Of course, all eyes on West Ham on Wednesday, then all eyes on uh, Manchester City on Saturday uh, because uh, over in Istanbul, they are in the Champions League final, of course, City. Uh, is it the final leg of the treble? One would hope it is, and they're up against Inter Milan. But Simon, are, are Manchester City OK? Recognised right now as the greatest side in world football, are Manchester City now the biggest? I mean, are they now close to matching Manchester United, Liverpool, Real Madrid in worldwide iconography? If if they're not, how close are they to achieving that? The reason I say that, the, the prize money from the Premier League, the FA Cup, Champions League, added to commercial and match day income, will see City's revenue surpassing £650 million, a Premier League record, and it sees them sustain their position as the richest football club in the world. So there we are. They've got to be the biggest, haven't they? Well, I always find this a strange phenomenon. What is the what does the richest mean? Does it mean you've got the most money? Does it mean you do the biggest turnover? Because if your if your wage bill is four hundred million quid and you're only breaking even on a turnover of six hundred and fifty million quid, does that make you the richest? No, it just means you've got the most revenue coming in. I would have thought the richest was the amount, the amount of money you're actually worth rather than the amount of money you generate. Look, Man City are well on their way to establishing themselves as a football club that people around the world will view differently than one that's just been created by Sheikh Mansour. They're on that journey, and they're building up these relationships, but they are still, to Manchester United's Ferrari, they are the Red Bull of the no, version. Not th- yes, they are. No if, chance. Yes, they still, are. You can't argue that they are still. You if, can't honestly the, argue if, that they if are you, still. If you, if you look at Man United in 2018-19, didn't win the league... Did a turnover of 627 million at a time when the distributions in the in the in the Champions League were less. Didn't get to a Champions League final. Did 627 million in 2018-19. Man City. Yeah, but that's then. This is now. But, but we're talking. If we're going to compare, we need to compare on a proper basis. If we're going to suggest that 650 million is a certain uh, criteria that we're looking at, if United did 627 million at a time when the distributions were less. There was less revenue around. Imagine what United would do if they were back on top again. If they were back winning things. In if the same they were way. back winning. Well, this is it. Manchester City, so, five titles in six years. Yes, but we're, talk, we're, not, talking about, we're not talking about their achievements because their achievements set them apart from everybody right now. No doubt about it. Undebatable. Not even worth a discussion. Man City are the best football team in the world and their achievements are commensurate with that. Right. But we're talking about the iconography not the achievements. Yeah. And you, this, this legacy position that teams like Manchester United and to some extent Liverpool, and Real Madrid, and Barcelona, and Bayern Munich. They have a legacy about them that's very different to Man City's, and it's going to take Man City a long time to get those blue-chip credentials in the minds and eyes around the world of everybody that we're talking about. But how much longer you... do you think it's going to take? I mean, five titles generation, in six years. Generation. If they win the Champions League for the first time ever generation. on Saturday night, that's another momentous leap forward I think it's a generation I think it's I think the, 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 the challenge for Man City is that they're going to have to go through the gears to unwind the, the legacies that Liverpool and Manchester United have their achievements are eclipsing them but we don't just judge 
um, a football team's uh, uh, relationship with other people around the world simply by its achievements. We should do. We should do because their achievements are remarkable. I mean, the fact their achievements are tainted by certain uh, allegations don't help the cause. They don't help the cause. It's a matter of fact whether people like it or they don't like it. Until they clear themselves, it'll be a matter of fact. And people will make the allegation about the nature of the way that Sheikh Mansour has bought and built this team. And so, that, so we're in agreement then, they are the greatest side right now. Right now. Absolutely, no doubt about it. But we're not in agreement that they are the biggest club right now. And that, you say, to become the biggest club in world football could yet take what, a generation. What do you think? I mean, it depends what you mean by biggest, isn't it? If you mean biggest by the way that they are represented in well, the mice... The, 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 the prize money that they've just won has surpassed anything we've known before and has become a Premier League record. Correct. And sees them sustain the position as the richest football club in the world. So Man, United, Man City will do £650 million yeah. after winning the Premier League, getting to, all the way to a Champions League final, uh, winning the FA Cup, participating in a huge... The Eclipse United, they and, held it at £627 and, and United, million. United did £627 million, yeah. didn't win the league... Didn't get to the Champions League final. So they've won the revenue race and now they've won the achievement race. What other races are to be run? Well, if you're looking at... You're looking at you described it as iconography. Iconography is an almost, is almost an untouchable commodity where people they, it represents a certain value in people's minds. They're on that journey. There's no doubt about they're on that journey. But you've got this situation with Manchester United that goes all the way back to the Busby Babes and forward to this unique football club that can generate revenues and generate interest and have values, you wouldn't sell Manchester City. There would be nobody at the table in the world that would buy Manchester City for six billion quid. But there'd be people at the table to buy Manchester United for six billion quid because Manchester United is a blue-chip brand Mm. and Manchester City is not. So who's buying Manchester United? Or either... Radcliffe, yeah, or one of the Qataris, either one of them will find their deal. But no one's or, buying it for six billion. No, but they're at the, they're at the take. Okay, four and a half billion, then five billion. No one will buy Man City for five billion. What would you buy Man City for? What would I buy it for? What would, what would the, what would the top price be for Man, the asking price for Manchester City? I don't know. I don't know the economics of what the owners particularly want. I don't think Man United is worth five or six billion quid. But because of the because of the brand values of Man United, they're different brand values. But Manchester United still have this image of aspiration, still have this image mm. of this organic football club built out of power yeah. and immense achievement, whereas Man City has a different feel about it. Now, that's an unfair feel, because Abramovich did the same thing with Chelsea, Jack Walker did the same thing with Blackburn, and Newcastle would do the same thing. Right? When you think of Manchester City, though, do you think these days, you call them a beautiful side, do you think them are like a work of art? Involved the images involved like a work well, of like art. The scream from it, Munch. Yeah, because no, that's what iconography means. Fine, I think I think that it means a lot of things to a lot of people, <laughs> and in this instance, it means something to you about the size and scale of their finances. Okay. In, the, in the minds of people around the world, Manchester United is a blue chip brand, and Man City is not. One hundred percent engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's good afternoon to former Leeds, West Ham and Newcastle midfielder Lee Boyer. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thanks, Jim. Morning, afternoon, Simon. Oh, How are you? <laughs> um, uh, you're no stranger to, to the studio any, any longer. It's with... Uh, you, you feel quite at ease coming in and spending an hour with us, which delights me hugely. Yeah, yeah. Um, good company always helps. So, uh, yeah, pleased to be here. Thanks for the for the invite again. Brilliant. Good to see you. You're almost a year out of the game. Do you know that? What have you been yeah. doing? Um, Fishing? Uh, yes, Jim. I've just come back from... I'm literally 10 days back from uh, Thailand, which is... Uh, you wouldn't think associate that with, with fishing, but what a stunning place. I, yeah. went, I went to a place um, called Gillam's. And if all you fishermen and fishing ladies out there, you have to put it on your bucket list. It was a stunning place. And um, yeah, I, I'd definitely go back again. Wow. So you went fishing in Thailand? In Thailand, yeah. Others Stun- go fishing for different reasons, but you went fishing in Thailand. Okay. Did yeah. you catch anything? Should we ask you that? Yeah, yeah. I caught, I caught uh, a number of different species of fish. So, um, But yeah. And then the family met me up later on in the in the trip and then we went and done a a beach holiday as well while we was there so um, yeah it, it was lovely so in short life is good out of football management yeah just to catch up with time with the family Jim I think when you're in it you're 24-7 so I'm going to tell you that, that it's, it's just relentless you know and um, so yeah to do things like this when I can I'm, I've, I've definitely taken the opportunity to, to spend some quality time with the family while I can you've been to Thailand I've been through Thailand to Australia ah right okay mm. I was thinking you might have lived there no, no. Steve Copple used to go over there during summer breaks, but that's for different reasons. <laughs> so, Lee, moving on. I mean, there is a train of thought that you guys in management, if you're out too long, you can begin to fear that you might be forgotten about. Does that go through your mind? Yeah, I can understand that. But when I first went out, I, I think I was out the game for four years. And um, I think I mentioned before, then Harry Kuehl rang me and, and then it went from there just to, to go and help him out. So that doesn't worry me because what I know and what I bring to the table if you like uh, the knowledge that I have and the experience and, and then passing on to players and improving players I, I know that that will never go away so yes would I like to get back in the game of course I would because I think it's a waste me just sitting at home or going on holidays then passing on my knowledge to improve players and, and especially young ones yeah, as an owner, Simon, do you look at things from a different viewpoint in that this fellow's been out of football for a while, so I might not go in his direction, but this guy has been weeks out, so I might go in his? 
Um, well, there's no one size fits all, is there? I mean, ultimately, the personality. A lot of people employ people based upon their perception of them, or certainly to speak to them on their perception of them. There's always an element of currency. If people are around and busy and available in your mind's eye because you see them or seen them recently, and it draws to your attention, but that's down to his representation. His agents will move him around, talk to him about various people. But no, I don't think it's that. I think ultimately it's a case of if you if you if you've got someone's work in your mind, and whether that's his job at Birmingham, which I thought he was foolish to take, but that's his choice, or whether it's Jay's work at Charlton, you'd talk to them about that and 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 have that conversation. So I don't think people go out of vogue, yeah. uh, certainly not at certain levels. Not, not Outside the Premier League, there's more length and breadth to people necessarily not having to be employed constantly or be in the, in the minds of people fresh and, and focused. But, That's your thing. But it's an ideal scenario to be constantly visible. Otherwise, people do forget. People forget the reality of what you've done because you're not current. So to touch on that, Lee, do you have a team of people working on your behalf? Yeah, I've got an agent that... Obviously, speaks to people when things come available, and, and if it would suit. Um, like Simon said, when when I went to Birmingham, it was under difficult circumstances. I knew that at the time, but I still stand by it because I helped a club that I'd played for in the past, and and done everything that I said I would do. So I can understand Simon saying you're crazy for going there. Everybody said that to me. It wasn't just Simon that said that. No. But I'd done everything that I set out to do. So and you've no regrets? I have no regrets at all, no. Yeah. Leeds United job, it's come up again, Lee. I know for a fact Leeds United means a lot to you because you've got great empathy with the, the fans there, having played there. But there were links to you following the sacking of Javi Gracia, were there not? Did you expect a call? Did you get a call around those times? Um, without going into too much detail, then there was... A message or two exchanged, and and uh, the decision from from the club was to go with Big Sam because of experience, um, and obviously, unfortunately for for the football club, that that didn't work out. But going forward, I like to think that we would have a conversation at some stage, um, and maybe try and put something together. If it had been different, would you have taken on what Big Sam took on? Try and keep us up with four to go. Uh, for sure. When I went in at Birmingham, I know it's a completely different league. Um, but everybody said that Birmingham was dead and buried when I took over there. So would I have fancied my chances to, to maybe keep Leeds up? Of, of course I would. Um, but that, that's the past. You can't change the past now. So Did you think Sam would, Lee? Uh, I, I thought whoever went in there was going to be difficult. But I, I focused on, on the games, the Tottenham game at home because I knew the crowd would get behind them, um, and the West Ham away game, because I knew West Ham would be focusing on this, and they did. West Ham focused on, on the on the cup competition, because they was already safe, and those were the two that, that I would have really focused on and, and, and tried to get something from. Now we know Leeds United still manager-less. Steven Gerrard has been mentioned. Again, if the phone call came, you'd jump at it. Oh, for sure. Obviously, I have a, a connection with the club and I understand the club and I think that's important for whoever goes in there next. But if I got the call, then I'd love to go there and and get that club going again and get the fans on side and, and get the place bouncing again. I, I would definitely uh, jump at the chance for sure. I mean, you, to get going again, they need to win matches. You'd be confident you would go in there and from the get-go in the Championship, you would get them winning games. Yeah, I, I know the Championship now. I've done... A few years of 
of management now. I understand it. I watched it all last season, and and you analyse and, and and see what it takes to to get promotion. Um, so yeah, I, I believe if I went in there, I would I would get them promoted again. I mean, you you know, as a prospective, as an owner, a prospective employer, Simon, you you like that kind of confidence, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, of course, he's hardly going to turn around and say he couldn't do the job, could he? I mean, that's the nature of the beast. He's going to say he could do the job. Whether he could do the job is a different matter. Whether he can work with the current ownership model, because I don't think that's particularly easy either. These are all factors. If you talk about uh, Lee Bowie, you think decent, solid fella. You know, says what he means, means what he says. Did a good job at Charlton. Challenging circumstances at Birmingham. Is he got the chops to get a team out of the championship into the Premier League? Who knows? Because he's not managed that at that level yet. And there is a difference. And they've got a group of players coming down from the Premier League with a malaise, which is they've come down stinking the place out and been poor. The games that you would have expected Sam to have done better in were the West Ham and Tottenham games, and they did precisely the polar opposite, and they got a decent result against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, can't square that circle in your mind's eye, can you? And that probably, that, 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 that draw against Newcastle, which they should have won, probably did for them psychologically, because that game was there to be won. I think yeah. also did for Sam. Mm-hmm. But he should be in conversations. Whether those conversations are concluded by his ability to talk to an owner in a proper fashion when he's doing some form, some form of interview, well, that's, who knows? Only he knows. Yeah, yeah. What, is it, what would you envisage in a situation like that, Lee? I mean, presumably it's down to how you perform in the day in front of Radrazani and whoever else. But you've got a bunch of self-confidence of that, I know. Yeah, and, and I've spoken to him in the past. I, I, I've been to Ellen Road many times and had conversations with the owner and, and we get on really well. And, and he's always said that he likes me, especially when I got promotion um, with Cholton against all the odds. Uh, we played against Leeds in the Championship three, four, five games in and, and, and we beat Leeds. And then he came in and said, like, how have you done that? Like, what, what was your thinking? And, and I explained certain things and he said, no, you, you're really good and, and one day you will manage his football club. So let, let's just see, see what happens in, in the near future. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show.